0: welcome to chit chat money this is our thursday power hour where we discuss anything financial markets we have come prepared with two topics each um and it is presented by our sponsor seven investing which you should be able to see in the background here if you are a viewer although almost all of our uh All of our audience is listening on a podcast right now so that's that's kind of pointless but yeah feel free check them out we talk about them all the time uh the code is money you get a hundred dollars off your annual pass through the end of 2022 um tons of research on that site pretty much i would say if you are interested in a company they've probably got uh a write-up or research on them in some way uh Whether that's a free article or or a rack or something like that, Um, but yeah, there's there's tons of. It's hard to talk about everything they have because it's pretty expansive site. But uh, I recommend going and checking it out. Use our code money get a hundred dollars off your annual, but it has to be before the end of twenty twenty two. That's enough on the sponsorship. Let's talk about anything. I was just kind of glancing at my phone. I feel like this is always the first topic that we always talk about. But uh, all Twitter employees have uh their badges have been canceled and they're not allowed in the office anymore despite i believe musk said everyone needs to come to the office so yes
1: uh you have to be a hard. well what do you say you have to be hardcore uh just for fair warning we are a hardcore part pod- podcast according to elon so don't worry elon uh but my take that elon would be good for twitter uh is aging poorly week by week day by day it's 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 quite crazy uh but before we get to it housekeeping items we're gonna say it every show subscribe to the free newsletter to get uh weekly updates and stuff included with the not so deep dive episodes that are all free now um i know that not everyone listens to every show so we're going to repeat that the not so deep dive episodes are not behind the payroll anymore, and we're doing a free newsletter included with that. So sign up for free through the substack. We'll be in the show notes. But yes, Ryan, get back to it. You have some tweets here in hand about Twitter. A little.
0: It's crazy yeah. how
1: it's covered on the website. It's it's
0: quite funny. I think most people probably don't know this. Let me just give a quick summary for anyone that doesn't keep up with this world. Musk bought Twitter, fired a bunch of employees, basically sent out all these kind of uh difficult changes i should say for the employees no more uh no more free lunches in the in the office you all have to come to the office no more remote work um, and then he sent out this kind of strange email that seemed like he was just on like some night bender where he felt super motivated and he said you have 24 hours to commit to this company and be a hardcore engineer which I don't know, you're just like alienating anyone that's not a developer with that entire email. But, um, and he said, basically he expects you to work really long hours and be super committed to this. Um, And if you choose, if you don't respond, whatever, yes, within 24 hours that you're gonna do this, you'll be let go. 75% 75% of the people have not responded yes of the remaining employees so if those people leave 88% of the employees that Twitter had when Elon took over would be gone um the only reportedly the only 25% that are remaining are ones with uh visa work things so they kind of have to stay in the country um so it sounds like pretty much everyone would have said no if possible i also apparently is getting sued uh, for a lot of employment violation law law violations um, because not everyone's able to work those crazy hours and uh, whether it's disabled people people with kids it's it's very difficult to make force them to do that or they'll be fired so um, I don't know how long Twitter lasts what I genuine question if there are no employees does the app stay up How does that
1: work? Mm -hmm. Good question. Great question. I think unless he is just running this into the ground with kind of no plan, it would be hard for me to think they could find no one to work for Twitter. Right? But I would hope he doesn't just fire everyone. I did see that they're trying to reverse the work from home thing where they he said that they don't want, or didn't he say that no work no work from home anymore, or something like that, and then everyone hated it and now they're going back on that, which makes sense because I like half the half people want out there don't wanna work in the office anymore um yeah, I mean, scuttlebutt from my friend who works in the Seattle office uh quote he quote uh left during the summer because he did not like the way things were going, so I think that's. Gotten worse since then, so I think that this, the sentiment there is kind of the same for a, a, a lot of other people as well. um This seems to just get, be getting worse week by week, and and apparently,
0: I think I think the si- access
1: to the building. So I think the site's got. I've been so wrong on this, but I think the site's got to be right. It's got to stay up. I mean, gosh, that would be awful if it if it went down.
0: That would be Uh, maybe the quickest collapse on a corporate takeover I can imagine.
1: Yes. And if, yeah, if, if it collapses, go to common stock, common stock's great that we're actually trying to build up conversations over there with people as well. Very, very not the same, but yeah, that's probably the best place to replicate it. And uh, I hope, you know, we're partners with them. We hope uh, they can take advantage uh we'll elon, dro- elon dropping the ball a bit
0: this absolute destruction of Twitter has been incredibly entertaining from the outside oh yeah there were a lot of people that said wow he's going to show just how how lean these things can run which I think he's I think it, it might be validation for all of big tech if he tries to show how lean these things can run and he runs it right into the ground and then they say no maybe we need these employees which now lead into one of your topics
1: Yes, that will lead to my topic. I'm going to talk about the TCI activist uh, pitch letter to Sundar Pichai at Alphabet. Specifically with Twitter, though, I think there's a few things that might make it a bit different. One, and someone did this. um, I I was listening to some podcasts back when the whole Twitter thing was finalizing. It was way in the news a lot. They made this pitch that Twitter might need all those employees specifically because they have the content uh, moderation and bots and stuff to, to, to work with. It was just such a big issue They had the political footballs, they get thrown to them every week. Uh, they have so much data to manage because of just the flood of information coming onto the platform. And you can compare that to something like Snap, which is mainly just messaging and, and a lot simpler, right? I mean, just think about how much easier that is to run you probably need much more empo- many more employees working at twitter and then second i think with the it, we're seeing it with a lot of the other companies they're doing layoffs in a much um cleaner way where it's over like a full year period and they're making sure to outline what benefits you'll get and all that good stuff where twitter <laughs> you just fire half the employees on a whim that is I don't think it's an. I don't think this shows that these companies can't be a bit leaner. Is kind of what I'm saying. Um, just because yeah. he totally uh, must totally budget, but we should get to the topics. Ryan, what are your yeah. what are yours going to be this week?
0: I'm going to be talking about Buffett's. Uh... Sorry, I want to I want to pull up the chat and see if there's any questions. Uh, there are none yet. Uh, it is me asking for any questions. Uh, no
1: okay. audience yet. I know we're on a weird time this week, so um, I uh,
0: I'll be talking about Buffett's 13F or Berkshire's 13F. It is 13F season, which is basically just the holdings of all the big funds, um, which is always entertaining. It always serves as pretty good generation or good way to generate new ideas if you're. Uh, Individual investor and you you look up to some of these uh bigger funds, bigger investors. Uh and then the second topic is a little strange and it wasn't on my earnings season bingo card, but uh it's Target versus the Mafia, Target the retailer. Um, some crazy stuff came out from their conference call. Uh you know what? I'm gonna start with that one. So Target reported earnings yesterday, uh underwhelming results, I I think. I mean some of this was kind of just due to the declining consumer Um, especially in the later months they said spending on discretionary items like electronics has been down significantly Um, and they're really unsure what the holiday season is going to look like but then they mentioned A second thing, which was a surprising headwind that I didn't see coming. So in the conference call, this is not mentioned on the earnings release. You got to go to the conference call. The CEO says, a second factor that's impacting our gross margin is inventory shortage or shrink, which is a growing problem facing all retailers. A target year to day incremental shortage has already reduced our gross margin by more than $400 million versus last year. Uh, Inventory shortage or shrink is theft. That's items being stolen.
1: That is code for theft. Yes. I had to learn that. The It took me a while. One time I saw a CEO talking about that. I was like, shrink, what is, are they talking about wrappings
0: for things in the warehouse? What was, what's going on? So that is a 6% headwind to gross profit. God, that's large. Weird. That's large. Wow. Um, and they're making it sound like it's not just like the average uh, petty theft here or there. Apparently, this is sort of a coordinated effort uh, that they, he goes on and he says, this is an industry-wide problem that is often driven by criminal networks, and we are collaborating with multiple stakeholders to find industry-wide solutions. He continues to say, this is a nationwide problem that we need to address nationwide with other retailers, and this is primarily driven by organized crime. So, like I said, not on my bingo card for earnings season, and if you're a target shareholder, this sucks because I don't think you saw that coming, um, and that kind of comes on top of a pretty… Rough quarter anyways for all re- question, yeah all retailers, yeah, my question to you, do you think like do you think is this is a good example of how much less predictable physical retailers are than maybe their digital peers, or really? is it just kind of an outlier where it's like, all right, random theft also I mean four hundred wow. million dollars. Is
1: it uh how much worse is it than say a normalized year?
0: Uh this was elevated. So six percent have been gross pro- Apparently they said like we they don't know what's causing it. It might be the macro environment that need to like steal stuff, but uh they, they said it's it's intensifying, I believe is the word that was used.
1: Uh they probably used, yeah, a lot of a lot of corporate speak uh but from an investing perspective, I think this is another notch in the e-commerce's column for winning, uh, or ha- not winning, just a better business model, because can there be theft in e-commerce? Yes. I mean, the package thefts on the door are kind of the biggest example, but I think this is, is you know, I, I think it shows that e-commerce in general is a better business model. Um, and yeah. there's, <laughs> there's plenty of other reasons for that, but this is another reason is you don't have to worry about this as much.
0: I'm picturing like a uh, I'm picturing like Tony Soprano like oh did we get did we get a score and it's like them panning to like a target truck that they're just like unloading all the inventory
1: yeah I don't I wonder how this could get solved it seems strange that it's getting worse because of all the cameras and stuff that uh, uh, I don't know
0: part of well they were a little I think wary of saying exactly how they think this stuff is being stolen because i don't think they wanted to like describe best practices for theft but yeah. Yeah. um they said they're gonna they're trying to put place measures in place in their stores to prevent this it's going to be uh an annoyance for all their other shoppers but it's kind of what needs to be done and then they also said they're working with other retailers across the country and across the industry to find like a government solution. A lot of these are sold online afterwards. So they're like, there's like policies that would pre- like make more transparent. I don't know. They're trying to track those goods. Um, and I think they need buy-in from the government in order to do that. So uh, remains to be seen, but wild from target did not see that coming.
1: Yeah. I don't really think I have anything else to add there, but tough time. Um
0: the, uh, it's a, it's a
1: usually usually a pretty good business, but man, that's that's just not. It's just that that'd be awful if you're an investor. You're kind of like, ah, man, I guess. All right, I I couldn't under underwrite that, but I, there's there's risk with any um uh, any stock, so there's always right. uncertainty.
0: This topic's a little more entertaining. Uh, what's Buffett buying? So, like I said, 13F season. A lot of good 13Fs out there. Michael Burry. Always has a fascinating one um Chuck ary or acri Capital management bought snowflake that might have come as a surprise to a lot of people the, uh, yeah
1: and and acri Chuck I believe is gone, but right the the same firm
0: with all his yeah strategy um so let's let's kind of go through the the Berkshire one. It's worth remembering that a lot of this might be Todd Combs or Ted Weschler. um but it's still under the Berkshire umbrella nonetheless so um and i think i mean they get full discretion but buffett probably has a pretty good idea of all that they're buying i would imagine um so first off let's go through the top holdings not a whole lot of surprises here apple 42% of their fund i mean that's a fair amount of concentration although they obviously have the private businesses as well but it's, it's a big part of their business now. Um, Bank of America, 10% of their holdings. These are all equity holdings. Chevron, 8%. Coca-Cola, 7.6%. I believe at one point, Coca-Cola was 40% of their equity book.
1: Yep. It used to be the Apple. Now they just kind of let it.
0: And they haven't added or sold any shares. Am I getting that right?
1: I think so. And they're, from all indications, Buffett said they're doing the same thing with Apple. Um, it's, it's in there. They're never so
0: interesting. All right. And then American express 6.9% of the fund um, things. Th- this is kind of the more interesting part things he added to, or I guess things Berkshire bought or sold. So bought, this was the big surprise $4.1 billion worth of Taiwan. Semi totally new position um, thoughts here.
1: I think it makes sense if, you're comfortable with the apple geopolit- geopolitical risk there's no reason not to be comfortable with the taiwan semi geopolitical risk because if uh taiwan semi goes down uh apple's going down too for at least a little while uh so i think you know he's not afraid to have china exposure because apple has what like 20% of revenue in china uh and yeah, it makes sense. I mean, the valuation was pretty cheap, outside of the geopolitical risk, and they seem to have an extremely hot, strong moat competitive advantage. However, you want to describe it, I think. Uh, yeah, and I, I don't don't buy it because he bought it, but I think it shows that he's not someone. That puts himself into a box of what things he's going to invest in. Because if he w- was going to say, "Okay, I'm going to stick with my bread and butter," he would probably only buy financials or something like that, and consumer product companies. But he's able to expand. Uh, I don't like think that the thesis is that complicated. Once you understand the overview, yes, the technological capabilities in the industry is are extreme, but. You don't need to understand what where the electrons are moving on these new on every semiconductor. And you, there's a lot of proprietary stuff, so I think it's also an example of like you, when you look at a company that might be quote unquote high tech, there could be some things that you don't understand, but you don't need to understand them in order to be comfortable with investing in them. If you get what I mean, like you don't need to know how an ASML machine works. You don't need to know. Taiwan semi-secret sauce you just need to know they have absurd economies of scale and likely some pricing power as they continue to consolidate the industry um so, I yeah. imagine I doubt they're to- gonna I doubt they're gonna make it as big of a position as Apple I really doubt that but well, it makes sense given the relationship they, I don't think they can oh they could they have the cash right and uh well they couldn't make it a hundred billion Down. they could make I, I mean, Taiwan. Is so big. Yeah, the the market cap there is huge. So that, that might be another good point. You know, they can only fish in the big in the big pond now. So
0: it. Uh. Yeah, I mean, I imagine he's got a good sort of look through when he's kind of got Tim Cook's ear also, and he knows Apple so well. I imagine he has pretty good. Vantage point when looking at how valuable TSMC is to them. So, and you're long Apple, you're long, or if you're long TSMC, you're long Apple. If you're long Apple, kind of vice versa.
1: Yeah, and I bet yeah, you know, he probably looked at Apple's supply chain, no doubt, when investigating that company, uh, and understood uh, how important they were. One thing I don't get is if. You like apple i don't understand if you like apple and you're comfortable with investing in them at this price I, don't, I really don't understand why you wouldn't also own tsmc that's
0: what i'm saying yeah like it like if apple's going to grow volume they're going to do it through tsmc which is just a buoy to tsmc how much of tsmc's volume do you know goes to apple
1: I believe, I was looking at this once when I was kind of getting to the company, I believe it's like 23% of revenue, uh, but that could change year over year, year, to year. So I think both, I don't know. I think TSMC likely has pricing power over every customer besides Apple. I think Apple has um, negotiating leverage on price with every supplier except for TSMC.
0: Probably true. All right. Yeah. Uh, other things he added to added to Chevron and Occidental, petro- Occidental Petroleum. I think that tells you his thesis on uh, petro stocks. Frankly, it uh, it makes me it gives me FOMO. To be honest,
1: on oil prices down too. So you know, I have no
0: exposure really whatsoever. I mean, the only exposure I have is is a rising cost of a rising input cost on all my other companies. So that's a and the and and the
1: and the World world Cup and the World Cup second order effect.
0: Yeah, yeah, potentially. Uh, So you can
1: take take out your hate on the uh, this year's World Cup by (laughs) owning owning some natural gas stocks. Yeah, uh, the guy likes oil. There's not much to say at this point. The guy likes oil.
0: All right. Sells he sold US Bank Corp and Bank of New York. He has some other banks that he hasn't sold, but uh, those were two of his big sales. And those are, I should also mention, I think Occidental is the sixth largest holding for him. So, two out of the six largest holdings that they have are Chevron and Occidental. Um, Bank Corp and Bank of New York are, are fairly high up there. Also, this is kind of an interesting one. Reduced his Activision Blizzard position.
1: Yeah, that's, that that's surprising that it was just a trim. Maybe they were raising cash for something, but I don't think they need to do that because... It's... The it, it, wider. It, it is wider, and if they got any... If they had any thoughts or they found some more information that maybe the ARB, you know, they were going to... Uh, be wrong on the investment, I would have thought they would have either sold everything or, or just kept it. Right.
0: I don't understand the trim. They're like mutually exclusive, like you.
1: Maybe, maybe the though. price is
0: down. If you, think, if you think the deal's going through, yeah. I, theoretically, you want to own more. But here's not, the
1: thing. So what, at one point, they sold a little bit of Apple, and the discrepancy was that uh, Buffett at Berkshire owned Apple, but then Todd and Ted have their you know, portfolios that are uh, entirely, you know, they do, they, they do whatever they want. So they also owned Apple and they sold a little bit in their funds. But Buffett said they're never going to sell. So the, I think this could also be a combination where both Buffett at a consolidated level, since it turned into such a large position, uh, owns Activision Blizzard, but maybe one of the other people sold, If you, if you get what I'm trying to say there, where it's not... The, they're ad, they're both acting independently, even though it seems like the same 13F.
0: And although they might have uh, holistically the cash to do it, uh, the cash to not have to sell in order to add to something, the Todd and Ted might run it a little differently. They might right. have more constraints. Um, all right, other ones he added to Paramount Global and RH. We do see a comment in the uh, I see a comment in the chat. We'll touch on that in a second. Paramount Global was a little controversial. RH. Kind of surprised me. It's a really small position. RH surprises you? Well, we'll,
1: we'll explain that. It seems to me it seems like it fits their brand, uh, their love of uh, of quality brands.
0: Maybe it's I don't know. I worry that it's like a fake until you make it, and maybe they won't. <laughs> I
1: mean they they earn money, but luxury. you mean fake fake their luxury status. Yeah. I mean they earn money, so it's not like they're fake and they it.
0: are also taking huge risks on like buying three jets and a yacht.
1: Oh, that type of stuff, yeah. Apparently, Apparently they just don't re- know
0: if that business is gonna work. The guest oh, yeah. house, the new restaurants, they wanna be in every industry uh, possible.
1: Yes. And I guess they just reported so let me check out uh they reported as we we're recording this, uh earlier this afternoon. Let's see how those numbers looked oh wait maybe not I just saw that uh they were down after hours so continue though
0: well I don't know just kind of a controversial one so I thought I might talk about it uh okay so the comment okay they the they, says, they
1: they didn't uh they didn't report
0: false alarm continue. Comment in the chat says I would stay away from all tech since all valuations will need to go lower after they continue to guide down economic activity will slow sales which makes them expensive again I don't know if I would sell all tech but you raise a good point in that when people think about, and this was kind of hard for me to conceptualize during 2021, like valuations can come down at or, or, or when when an econo- when the market comes down generally, the, the fundamentals can just deteriorate for a lot of these businesses and you you so easy to look at like trailing results and think well well they get close to that the next year that kind of thing but some of these businesses are just so susceptible to macro swings like maybe maybe all this growth was uh really paid for by rates i have a newfound respect for interest rates and
1: well yeah i mean as people that are under 30 we have not experienced a real inter-trade environment yet so we are learning we're going through it i think there, there's so much so many variables in the uh in, in the broad you know stock market valuation I, I mean there's margins right corporate margins have deteriorated over the last few quarters we'll see if that continues or you know cuz they really expanded over the last decade um the layoffs at tech. I wonder, especially because a lot of those are higher price job, are higher price salaries. I wonder how that filters out into you know the economy. Would someone like Adidas get hurt if people are more strapped? Nike, lululemon, are those going to be? In, are those type of you know quality brands within? Um, that space. But with some of those discretionary items, like I wonder what the impact is going to be on these layoffs. And then there's other things where, okay, the layoffs happen, right? And that could improve a company's margins in the short run. But if their business gets impacted and e-commerce stops growing and advertisements on Google and and Facebook are, are down, is that actually earnings accretive in the long run? There's a lot of variables there. And it makes me think, and this might, uh, so many people care about interest rates right now, but it, it comes back to something I've said before. I, I really try to make sure I'm in an investment that, and yes, interest rates can affect the stock in the short run, but will hopefully be as insulated as possible. They don't need interest rates to be at a certain level to do well over um, the long run as a business.
0: Yeah, I think. Now it's easy to say this was hindsight, but if the ten-year hitting six percent breaks your thesis, you should not have invested in it. You should not have invested in it, anyways.
1: Yeah. Well, they have uh, it hasn't hit ten percent, but that's quite. That would hit quite. Uh, sorry, the ten-year. I mean, it's only hit four, but still. I know, but I'm of- saying if
0: it if it's going to rise to six and that's going to break your thesis, maybe you shouldn't invest in it.
1: Yeah. Home builders. Watch out. i uh, got some good comments here. Yeah. The, thank you. Favre, uh, your name. Not sure if that's a pseudonym or not. Uh, this is just the first round of layoffs. I think you could be right. The next few quarters, we've seen some accelerating tech layoffs and I wonder when the peak will be. Other one, FedEx, Amazon just announced layoffs right before the holidays. When has that ever happened? Question mark. One note on that Fed, uh, FedEx. Yes, that was that was weird. And a little bit concerning, but Amazon is not on the warehouse stuff that already got solved earlier this year when they did it kind of overbuild. This is all corporate, so I wouldn't take that as much as a macro factor as a, we're spending way too much damn money on Alexa factor. Uh, so that might be more micro to to Amazon specifically.
0: There has been a big inventory buildup though and all the signs from retail i mean target guided for minus single digit comps or negative single digit comps so i don't know i mean they're gonna have to get if it's a great time to be a consumer i guess because they're going to be writing down this inventory
1: yeah here here's another one and this all this sort of impact has second order effects you have uh okay (laughs) there's a lot of variables here but interest rates rise Mortgage rates rise because of interest rates rise. And then the people that are financing the uh, homes uh, for Airbnb and short-term rentals get totally cash crunched when uh, demand kind of falls a little bit. These really over properties can totally go bust. And then that leads to the daily rates uh, for Airbnb properties getting slashed, which will lead to... Maybe uh Airbnb's margins going down, and there's all these sort of impacts that can be had on here. Yes, it could be good for consumers in the short run, but I wonder what you know Airbnb's might be cheaper for a year or so, which I just i I booked one this winter, and it was quite the discount, which thank you, for the people that have the oversupply there. But it's just there it, and again, I think it comes back to the, these things are so unpredictable that they're fun to watch. But from an investing perspective, I want to just make sure it's like either A, like if a company is going to get affected, make sure they're going to be fine on the other side with a good balance sheet or try to find ones that are just in a, you know, consumer uh, staples instead of consumer discretionary.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, We're about 30 minutes through. So... Do we want to talk about our sponsor? We usually try to talk about an article they had, um, because they do have free articles. And there's one that's kind of coincidental timing, but who who is the sponsor, Ryan? I know everyone investing is the sponsor. Um, but they have, like I said, free research articles. And coincidentally, uh November 16th, so what is that? Yesterday, a nearbon uh who's been on the show before. Uh, I didn't know that they do this, but he wrote up a little piece on D local, which came out, I believe the same day as the muddy water short report. So kind of just unfortunate timing, but he wrote it up and says a young payments business for the watch list. I think it's kind of cool. I didn't realize they were doing this, but if they have a business that they think is kind of interesting and they're willing to add it to the watch list, um, they'll, they'll write that up so that everyone can kind of see it. I thought that was pretty, uh, Uh, Pretty cool. Um, But yeah, like I said, unfortunate timing. So if you want to read up about his thoughts on D-Local, feel free to go check out the article. Also, he posted a a slight tweet thread mentioning the short report if you want to follow it up with that. So feel free check it out. There's some other good stuff as well. Um, Did
1: you read the article? I haven't read it. I'm pulling it up right now. Uh, The D-Local
0: article? Yeah see here's the thing. it's one of those businesses to me, well, I think South American payments or Latin American payments in general is outside of my circle of competence.
1: It's a little hard to uh, it's a little hard to understand, yes, for as someone in and the it's States.
0: now it's a little easier for me to say that because I think the stock dropped like fifty percent after the short report. but uh it th- sounds like a really good business in theory, and we had two analysts come on and talk about it on one of our deep dives before and it really is like you think about it it's kind of like that toll road on uh, I mean, the, latin american payments
1: the growth has been great I, well i'm looking at q4 2020 tpv total payment volume 757 million million yeah million and then third quarter this year 2.7 billion I mean, just really really strong stuff
0: but you read that short report and it, kind of uh makes it feel like a house of cards so
1: i didn't uh i didn't read it what was the what was the short report thesis
0: a lot some of it was a little flimsy um there was some skepticism over their take rates because their take rates are a lot higher than other uh payments processors like Adian. Oh, uh, uh, i think that's explainable
1: though right didn't we cover that in that interview last year yeah it's a hard just harder markets so you're going to be expensive to go to
0: yeah, that it, it's. That's why I said that part was flimsy. But then there's like a bunch of accounting irregularities, a bunch of mm-hmm. uh, stock sales right after the IPO. Some, uh, I didn't get through it all because it's a 47 page short report. But
1: that's what the short reports are. They also like SEC filings. Um, they try to make it complicated as well. Uh, it, it was
0: down, and then like some some big executives just resigned recently. Uh, well those are not those
1: are not good signs. Uh counting
0: irregular 51% after the report, so I think yeah
1: validity. Counting irregularities at an international company are not um <laughs> let's just say that is something I do not like and I don't think anyone should put up with. I think that's a huge red flag. All right. What are your uh what are your topics? Yep. Before we get to it, code money a hundred dollars off your annual subscription uh my topic they're going to be short and we'll probably unless these really turn into broader discussions we'll be able to hit some other stuff uh, at the end and keep asking the questions in the comments uh, first one is the activist letter to alphabet only short thing here uh is tci fund which owns a six billion dollar position in alphabet which is pretty pretty small for an alphabet but still not a tiny position uh and they said that alphabet basically has a way larger expense base and pays employees too much even versus the big tech competition. So here's some numbers they gave out. Headcount and Alphabet grew by 14% a year from 2013 to 2017, but by 20% 20 a year from 2017 through Q3 2022, median compensation per employee, uh, which I guess that's redundant. I wrote that wrong is 67% higher than Microsoft. So those are the big two things. And they just said that if you look, you just tame off the you know headcount growth, maybe don't grow in 2023 and then just go out a smaller clip. And then you pay your employees comparatively to say your competitors. They think that it's really easy to get to 40% EBIT margins at Google services, which last quarter had 32% margins which is still quite impressive given how egregious this pay is. Um, And just for reference, the big difference would be at last 12-month revenue, that would equate to $100 billion in annual profits just from that division. And yes, there's other bets that eat into it a bit. Uh, But yeah, two questions I had. Is TCI right here? And can we trust Alphabet to implement the cost-cutting as all the other big tech companies except? Well, some of the big tech companies seem to be embracing the layoffs as we head into the close of
0: 2022. Is TCI right? Yeah, but I'm reluctant to tell like these executives how many employees they need.
1: Well, what about the pay per employee? I mean, that seems pretty bad to me.
0: Maybe, but most of their Employees are headquartered in Palo Alto. Microsoft's are headquartered here in Redmond. Well maybe damn. a little bit of a different cost of living, but
1: Yeah, kinda. Of, but Google I mean Google has Google's people, everywhere. Yeah. I mean the sixty seven percent.
0: That's high. Yeah. and It's hard to kind of yeah, it's it, it it's it's hard to step on their side, but it,
1: so wh- wh- why? Do, uh, think about how strong their margins would be.
0: <clears throat> maybe if the, they maybe only they if they only grew. Their developers are so much better, but,
1: but are right. they? If they were, then the revenue would be growing faster because they're not putting up. I mean, they're putting up good numbers, but it's not. Microsoft's is putting up just as good. Apple's putting up just as good. I, I just. I didn't run this sort of analysis because it would take a little bit more work. Apologies, everyone. But if they only grew headcount at 14% a year at the same rate they did from 2013 to 2017, I think the margins would be, uh, you'd be surprised at how good they would be over the last 12 months.
0: Yeah, I wonder if some of it's just laziness. I also keep thinking, I'm like, all right. Or you just, it just gets out of control. Like you just can't control it anymore. The hiring yeah, Anytime there's a problem, you say, all right, we got to fill that by hiring someone to do it instead yeah. of saying well maybe all these people that are working on something could also you know it's like we've kind of talked with people who uh are in the industry have friends in the industry and you get these projects and you kind of just get committed to those one projects and you just do that for you might join a business and you do that with your little team for a while and it's easy, I think, for management teams to say, okay, well, any new problem or any new uh, role we want to fill, we're not going to take our existing team. We're going to hire someone else to do it. I don't – yeah, I think it's kind of – it can get addictive. They're
1: addicted to hiring? Yeah. the
0: The other thing oh, I would have ahead. thought, who gives a shit if they write this letter to management? Like, it's Google, trillion-dollar company. Great. You have a $6 billion position. I, I can only imagine how big your fund is. Like, that is a lot, but it's not enough to make significant changes, probably.
1: And the people in control are on the private islands in the Caribbean.
0: So I would think, uh, who cares? But what's his name? Brad Gerstner, Altimeter Capital, wrote the same letter to Meta, which he has it, no say. It worked. It got yeah, so maybe these formal letters do work in some way.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, they actually mentioned Altimeter. Here is the anecdote. I'll read the quote. Our conversations with former executives of Alphabet suggest that the business could be operated more effectively with significantly fewer employees. We agree with Altimeter's Capital's Brad Gerstner, who wrote, "It is poorly, it is a poorly kept secret in Silicon Valley that companies ranging from Google to Meta to Twitter to Uber could achieve similar levels of revenue with far fewer people." Um, yeah, he's probably right. Uh, here's what's interesting, though, is people talk about the founders of Google. Uh, what's their name? Larry Page and the other guy's name, it's brain fart. Uh, about Sergei. how they didn't, Sergei. Sergei, yeah, they they talk about how they didn't care about, uh, you know, profits. They don't even care about the business. They just invented a money making machine, and it kind of just took itself from there. And they let you know Eric Schmidt kind of take over and run the business side of things, but. What's weird is that when they left, that's when employees' counts started growing way quicker. And I think maybe the pandemic hurt things because, you know, we've seen with the work from home, uh, people in the tech industry and office jobs that can work from home, you know, signing up for multiple jobs. We've seen that type of stuff, and how there's so many anecdotes. And yes, this is just kind of on Reddit, so I don't know how. Prevalent I think those is. Are the
0: outliers
1: but the well those those are the outliers however there's also the ones that i think are more relevant is this team hired me at tech x tech company x services company whatever and i only have to work an hour a day and they pay me great and they don't really have much for me to do you see i think you see those anecdotes a lot and yeah i think uh It could be solved. Maybe it comes back to the beginning, maybe not solved by firing at 50% of your workers overnight. Um, But I think it'll be really interesting because let's come back to the second question. Should we trust Alphabet to rationalize expenses? I don't think we should. And this might be bad because we do own the stock, full disclosure at this moment, we do. Um, But I don't think we should trust them because they have never shown to care about this. Uh, And it might not matter. I don't think it will matter just because of how good of a business Google searches and how cloud is going to inflect a profitability, but <laughs> man, they could be so much more profitable.
0: Yeah, they could. I don't know. Give them time. I think uh, far in the comments might be right here that layoffs are are only just beginning. Well, the other uh, part that's interesting, go ahead. and this is like I think you let the bear market ride out for another year, and suddenly those flexible working conditions that were so sought after in 2020 are going to disappear. There was some someone was talking. I think Tobias Carlisle and Jake were talking about it on uh, Value After Hours, and they were like, "Yeah, it's it's in the bull markets. Work from wherever you want, whatever you need. We'll we'll provide it for you. We'll you know do all that, and then it's." If the bear market lasts long enough, you're in before your boss, you leave after your boss or you don't worry about coming in the next day. And I think people, it sounds harsh because it's not like we're working some like prestigious job that's like a great responsibility to civilization. But I I think working conditions are going to get like tougher. Mm,
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't know about the like stay late thing just because I think people are just going kind to of focus on doing quality work and making sure they're not slacking. But yeah, I think it would definitely... I, I mean, look, here's another stat from the letter that I didn't put in here. The, the median compensation per employee at Alphabet is $296,000. And that's before paying for lunches, right? All the stuff that comes along with hiring an employee. Yeah, I mean,
0: 296000 That alone, that stat alone? means they are masquerading margins
1: i know which should is should this make you bullish or bearish that's the big question i don't know <laughs> all right next topic next topic yeah. uh this will, should be a short one unless it comes into some sort of else like like we just kind of went through there the Financial Times, uh, who covers SoftBank really, really well, uh, reported that Massa the founder and CEO of SoftBank, uh, owes $4.7 billion to the company, which again, the one he founded and runs. So this is some self-dealing, self-investments from him. Apparently, SoftBank fronted Massa money to invest in its own technology funds, but he is under no obligation to pay them for many years, other thing here, he is also has to cover a third of the losses of SoftBank's hedge fund, which is one of the, quote, Nasdaq whale traders in 2020 and 2021. Um, if we look at their second vision fund, the only investors are Masa Sun and SoftBank. There are no outside investors like the Saudi Investment Fund. And lastly, Masa Sun is now stepping down from operations I know we're we're not we're trying not to talk about SBF on this show because it seems all anyone can talk about is FTX, and we don't want to just have the cliched episode. But this is this is similar to that, and it's a larger company. I mean, the man is on full tilt. Um, He is he seems to be a gambler with just in the public markets. Question here: If this you see this stuff occur, is it immediate? Selling? Do you sell immediately, no matter how promising you think the investment is?
0: Yeah, I honestly forget that SoftBank's public. The uh,
1: I forgot about him over the last few months because they've kind of just been manning around. And now... And apparently, the only time he, I hear
0: about him is when someone goes insolvent. And then I know see the, <laughs> his financial backer.
1: You know what's crazy? I, 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 I when I'm any, any def, I wouldn't make any definitive statements, but I would not be surprised if SoftBank collapses, just given all the anecdotes out there. Again, not a definitive statement, but I wouldn't be surprised. You know what's crazy? The stock is up. Over the last couple months because he is implementing a huge buyback that no one else wants him to do so he's really really going full tilt here
0: i think bull markets breed god complexes on people who don't deserve them
1: Uh, the black turtle they breed black turtlenecks
0: yeah dude masa like uh, you watch like If you didn't know anything else about him and you watched him speak, and maybe it's the translation, but you wouldn't feel um, inspired to invest with him. In my experience, he seems a Um, little delusional.
1: Just a tad. I would be worried. How many
0: royal screw ups do you need before people stop giving you money?
1: man you know we those...
0: work and it's not like they're it's when he fails he fails huge like we work was a big failure i don't know how much money they gave to uh sbf i think it was
1: less 250 million but i mean still it's 250 million or something like that
0: uh what were some of the other i mean you, you, failures? you can write Yeah,
1: uh, i mean you can write down all their investment uh I mean, any investment in crypto company that's
0: not—I guess Alibaba was cool. their wasn't Alibaba their largest holding?
1: Yes, they had a huge position in Alibaba, which is well down? is down. They own ARM, which they were trying to sell to Nvidia. Um,
0: yeah, Alibaba stock is down. It's huh. down a
1: lot. It's down a lot. It's it hasn't been as bad
0: recently. Like 70% from highs Yeah I don't have any so investable? I'll say it Ali
1: Alibaba? China. China Yeah
0: well That is true There was a period there and this happens every single time I say China's uninvestable And then something Horrible happens and all Chinese stocks Collapse And I say well you know what Maybe this is peak pessimism and then something happens again, like something, some some new announcement from President Xi, and uh, I learned that China is uninvestable.
1: Yeah, just eh, a little concerning. I know one of our idols and everyone else's idols, Charlie Munger, still likes it, but
0: really, I didn't. Did you watch that interview with him?
1: Yes, uh, or listened. I listened to it. The replay, uh, yeah, the guy is still on fire. It was a great, it was fantastic comedy hour, half hour. It was really funny.
0: I I think I was laughing. I find pretty entertaining is that he just like can't, like, there's no mute button for him on Zoom, he just like interrupts in the middle of any comment.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes, uh, Zoom is not his, (laughs) yeah, but that's what he has to use these days. Uh, all right. Nothing more on SoftBank. I just thought that was a good topic, especially as it relates to SBF. Let's look at the old likes here. See if there's anything on Twitter. You go. Go ahead though.
0: Oh no, there's just some comments. Uh, should we talk about SPF?
1: I don't think there's anything else for us to talk about, unless you have something. I mean, that article with the DMs was a must-read. Check that out on Vox. I'll probably yes. put that in the I'll put that in the Sunday newsletter. I think he's acting like the guy from training day. You may have not seen that movie, but for those that have just know <laughs> he's acting. Like he's like, yeah, all I got to do is raise $8 billion within two weeks and we'll be fine.
0: Did you see this most recent thing? Let me see. I see.
1: Uh, that is what the recent hour. <laughs> seems like every hour something else happens. Uh, didn't the bah- is that the Bahamas thing?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. I don't know what's real though. I don't know what's real. Bahamas government ordered Bankman Freed to hack FTX system and transfer assets to the Bahamas court account, government account, according to a court filing. Bahamas Securities Commission has taken control of all of FTX assets for safekeeping. That's that's good. That's fair. Oh, here's some here. Here's and something it's actually safekeeping.
1: Here's something that, and I know we like talking about sports uh, rights and how it relates to media a little bit. Did you see that the, uh, and you're probably very happy about this, MLS, I know you're uh, you an MLS soccer fan, and Apple have announced their subscription service uh, for $99 each season. You get all the games, no blackouts, uh, and the playoffs. And if you already have Apple TV+, Plus, it's uh, only $79 a season. Do you think this is the model that some of these streamers might go after for these sports leagues? Because I think it's, fairly smart especially if you're trying to bundle stuff.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't do like a monthly price.
1: They do, they do. Ben yeah, Plus. they uh 15 bucks a month.
0: Damn, well that's quite the price hike from uh ESPN Plus, but the uh
1: but are you going to pay? I think you are, right?
0: I'll do some account sharing here.
1: Well, you're going to be on. You'll be. You'll be watching through Apple TV, and they have no pass. Their password locks are uh, non-existent, right? So
0: there's some that are. I think there's like some games that are included with Apple TV Plus. So you can get some free content any either way. I don't know. I just uh, sports rights to me. It feels like the boogeyman in streaming right now because people you, don't want to yeah. do it because the sports, the leagues have all the power and the negotiating leverage. And obviously and like the economics just really aren't that attractive unless you can cross sell them to something else. It's like,
1: yeah, you gotta own. be, a, yeah. Yeah.
0: Like gotta be a- able to do, but it's, uh.
1: well, I think, I mean, Amazon's able to do it. Apple will be able to do it. Clearly they are not a pure play streamer. I think that's the... Yeah, yeah yeah you got to admit that you're just going to be, you know, not going to make that much money on sports in general, but it, it, it can really help drive people because the audiences are captive, which is the, just... I mean, that's just huge. It's huge. If you have NFL, it's, it's just... People are going to subscribe. I mean, MLS is smaller, but what are there? Probably maybe, say, 3 million core MLS fans in the United States. I'm talking core, not casual. Right. Maybe a little less. I mean, that's, you know, it's pretty good. That's a pretty good customer acquisition tool.
0: I wish FUBO worked. I wish there wasn't just a <laughs> model of all time because having all the sports in one place would be great. Yeah. They, they, uh, don't, they don't even have it all in one place. So
1: it is an awful, awful experience. Yeah. For local, I mean, I really wish baseball would do this with local baseball. It would be, I'd pay that same price in a heartbeat.
0: What's the most compelling? streaming offering for you uh, well it changes for everyone right so i think mine I, youtube tv
1: oh you're talking about just
0: anything streaming youtube tv hmm.
1: i like well the sports i guess if you have to choose one it's so hard because of the sports I mean, I guess YouTube TV just because it has the sports. But outside of sports, I like HBO. I'm an HBO guy. Succession's going to come back soon. They got some nice stuff coming. They had some nice stuff that came out earlier this year. But yeah, I mean, it's got to be Succession once that comes back, 2023.
0: Yeah, Netflix is... Eh.
1: It's fine. It's fine. They just got a lot of... Uh should I call it lowbrow? Get on my high horse here. <laughs> right? It's just turned into a lot of bravo.
0: I think uh Alex Morris had but a that's chart. That's not that's not a bad thing. People love that stuff. So I think Alex Morris had a chart that showed YouTube is the fastest growing streaming product, or they're growing the market share among streaming the streaming services core,
1: and you're talking core youtube yeah they actually gained market share versus netflix this quarter on watch time mm. i saw that or i saw there was a tweet out there today uh let's see anything else before we wrap it? we got like five minutes
0: yeah youtube's now the largest
1: wow yep they're pretty yeah. neck and neck with netflix though right yeah Man. let's see all awesome. my likes are just FTX stuff. <laughs> I mean, the memes on that were
0: fantastic. Some videos Is that. that what's, what 13F do you pay attention to the most?
1: I like Acre. I like Valley Forge. Um, I like the ones that I know are long term holders that aren't going to be active traders. I, that's why I don't like Burry because I know he's an active trader. So it might be totally stale. Um, I, I just really like to look at ones where I know that they are uh, their time horizon. Say they have a you know a three year long time horizon for a lot of stuff. So yeah, Valley Forge, Acre stuff like that.
0: Um, Valley, Valley Forge. Why do we like? Aren't we just talking about them for some reason?
1: Yep. They he, he the guy that runs it was on uh, Good Investing Talks, and
0: yeah. oh, that's right. Let's see.
1: Yeah, the guy. uh, It's good. Whale wisdom. I'm trying to look. We're gonna have uh,
0: someone come on and pitch Moody's here soon.
1: We are. Yeah, that'd be nice. Have you ever looked at whale as whale wisdom? Just the hardest. It just crashes my computer. (laughs) Side note: It's like we're loading up weather.com I don't know why whale wisdom,
0: which is aggregates thirteen f's. For me, it's like Forbes forbes website oh forbes yeah that is my, a, my computer just starts humming like it gets hot as hell
1: yeah they need some someone needs to work on that back end um gosh the ad load on them my god uh but yeah i, I am not looking at my twitter dms right, are yeah we're anything else out of
0: time and we're running out of things to say so uh should we call it there
1: yeah sure um let's see any housekeeping on it let's just tease uh what we got in the interviews and not so deep dives coming up
0: just tease that uh not so deep dive after this airs will be procore which we're talking about tomorrow morning uh, and it's a business we both know pretty well we've talked to the ceo a couple of times uh so we're going to kind of give our authentic thoughts on that stock and that business um deep dive for next week will be we just did it um what company was it? Oh, Liat with uh Sean, Deep Sale Capital. Um it's, it's small cap. So maybe that'll be interesting uh for listeners as well. I thought it was a pretty fun interview because it looks like a really compelling investment opportunity. Last thing, housekeeping, sign up for the newsletter. It's totally free. All our content is free now. So don't if you know if anyone's posing as Chit Chat Money asking for your money, I don't think that's happening. But if it is, don't give them money. We're, yeah, we're not.
1: We do not have the benefit of being large enough to have that problem yet
0: all right well that's going to do it thank you all for listening we'll uh we'll see you next time quick disclosure here brett and i are not financial advisors anything we say or discuss here on Chit Chat money is not formal advice or recommendation we are however general partners at arch capital so clients may have positions in the securities discussed discussed in this podcast thank you all for listening see you next time